This is Jade. This is Carly. And this is Mommy's Tell All. Hello there, Jade. Hey, Carly. And hey, everybody. Welcome to... Hello, everybody. Mommy's Tell All. What is this? Episode 10? I'm losing track. Is that... Are I we know, in the double digits? <gasps> are we we're, i feel like we graduated we're cruising dun, dun 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 this is like the time of graduations too we're graduating as well makes me feel useful <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that oh no I'm, we're not but it's okay we wanted to talk really quick too i guess i'm just going to jump right into the topic for this episode which is mental health. So the beginning of May was Maternal Mental Health Week. And we didn't get to talk about maternal mental health really on that week, but we do want to address it because it's obviously yes. super important. And I love that people are actually talking about it. And finally, yeah. And today we have a guest who is a maternal mental health psychiatrist who's here to talk with us. And it's a pretty like I think it's a pretty casual conversation we have with her. It's not like a typical um, interview where she's giving us a lot of like educational information, but it's more just her talking to us as humans and as moms oh, yeah. and kind of just mm -hmm. telling us that what we feel is sometimes perfectly valid or most of the time perfectly valid because yeah. being a mom is super hard and it does affect it's the hardest thing ever yeah and I mean obviously it's the best thing ever it is the best but thing ever it if we talk about reality there are a lot of women out there facing challenges and struggles and even mental illness that is a fact mm -hmm. well and it affects every single aspect of your life I mean there's, you know, there's not a room that you walk in that you don't, you know, sometimes feel super overwhelmed, whether it's at work or at home or at the grocery store or, you know, with your friends. I mean, being a mom, I mean, yeah, it's the best thing, but it, you know, it makes you exhausted. And it makes you feel tons of emotions that you've never felt before. And it makes you, I don't know, feel so, you know, to like a totally different person than you felt before. And Sometimes that gets incredibly overwhelming and you don't really know how to navigate that. Especially that fourth trimester right after having oh, a baby. Absolutely. It's really that navigating through that, especially I think, I mean, I know each time you have a baby, it's totally different. But as a first time mom, when you have no idea. No idea. Exactly what no you're No idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to share, I found this article and I want to just read something from it because I feel like this is really important to share. But it says, more than one in 10 women develop a mental illness during pregnancy or within the first year of having a baby. And seven in 10 of those will hide or underplay the severity of their perinatal illness. Uh. It says, those aren't small statistics. There are lots and lots of women living with mental illnesses all around us, even if you think you don't know a mom who has suffered from postnatal depression, anxiety, OCD, I bet you do. I bet they're just one of those seven and 10 playing it down. And I definitely think that's so true because we often put ourselves last as moms. It's like, where do I even start to talk about how I'm really feeling? And right. are my feelings bad? Are my feelings wrong? Does that make me a terrible mother? You know, right. and so it's something that 
I think we feel like we all need to be perfect moms. We have to be the perfect mom and we have to have like our hair done and our makeup done and our cute little letter board Instagram posts. You know what I mean? Yes. And here I am. Yeah, totally. And then in reality, here I am sitting on the couch, hair in a bun, five days, haven't washed it, no makeup, you know, being just disgusting if I really think about myself because some days are really hard and I don't want to do anything. Oh, yeah. That's me too. Yeah. Some days it's so hard to even just get off the couch and play with your kid because you're so exhausted. I mean, especially uh, even like I've noticed so much so in this new pregnancy, I feel so much guilt for the lack of energy I even have for Bella, you know, and that I mean, yeah, that just adds to the fact that I've already felt a ton of new emotions being a mom in the first place. And now it's like being a mom again for another baby and do I even have energy for that? And then I feel guilt about, oh gosh, well, when this baby comes out, I'm not even going to have, I'm going to have less energy and less time for Bella. And oh my gosh, how am I going to feel about that? And it's like emotions after emotions after emotions. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And then if you think about nutritional depletion, if you think about your body, think about all the nutrients that it took to grow one human. And then we're just starting to finally like fill our bodies back up. And then we're pregnant again. Like you and I, our pregnancies aren't like, that close to like to our first babies, but they're close enough that right. you're, now your body is depleting again. And I right. really do think that I think there's got to be there's no scientific connection that I have any proof of right now. But I feel like there's got to be a tie to the nutritional depletion in our bodies. Because think about oh, it, your bra- your brain totally. is going to be depleted, and then mental health. So with well, Emmy, and, oh go ahead. Uh, I was going to say in our Facebook group, like there's so many questions that. We have like women have all the time about mental health. Hey, is this normal? Hey, my relationship is struggling. Hey, I hate my husband right now. Is that normal? You know, hey, I I feel so exhausted that I feel like I can't get out of bed. Is that normal? I think that's that's also another reason that we wanted to address this topic because we have so many women really bringing it up. I mean, every single day. What's normal and then what's something that maybe is slightly different and that maybe needs to be addressed by a professional? Right. You actually met up with our guest at a uh, at a function. Like, a, when was that? Like a month ago? The mental, uh, the maternal mental health psychiatrist we have on, her name is Alexandra Sachs. I found her on Instagram and her and I connected and she just released a book called what nobody really tells you. And I, she was having a book signing and she wanted me to come and moderate the uh, interview. So I met with her and she does this podcast where she pretty much has her patients who are willing to be on her podcast, do a therapy session with her. Mm. And so she was like, do you just want to do a, th- uh, a session? Yes. <laughs> and, and so I was like, um, you know, I'm not going to say no to free therapy. Everybody, <laughs> right. everybody can benefit from therapy. So I ended up talking to her and it was amazing. And That's it felt so really cool. good. And I felt I kind of had that. I feel like what maybe is like a therapy high afterwards where I was like, oh, my God, I feel like such a load off my shoulders. But then I had a vulnerability hangover afterwards and I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. my God, I shared too much, you know. So it's such like a interesting 
a like variety of emotions I felt, but I was really glad I spoke with her. I'm really excited to get her on and have everyone hear all the um all the brilliant things she has to say because I feel like there's just so much helpful information for all of us on all varying levels of mental health. Yeah, and she's a very warm, funny, empathetic therapist and I feel like that's really important and she's a psychiatrist too so she does like prescribe medications and diagnose she made me feel very comfortable so I feel like that's something if you're out there looking for a therapist and you don't feel comfortable with your therapist find somebody you do because totally she was amazing that's awesome well when we get back from the break we will have Dr. Alexandra on to talk to us and now it's time for our segment Jade and Carly pay for Emmy and Bella's college education. I think most moms can relate to me when I say that morning time or morning routines can be super hectic. The minute that I pull Emmy out of her crib in the morning, she is on the go. She is ready to eat. She is right. on me about it. And sometimes it's just easy for me to just grab the first thing I see for breakfast, which isn't always the healthiest. And that's kind of like, when's the last time you ate breakfast that you felt good about? Not a bowl of sugary cereal you inhaled before running out the door. And I'm talking about a breakfast that's nourishing for your body and your children's bodies. My breakfast has been completely transformed ever since we started eating Daily Harvest. It's ready in five minutes max. I have a real organic fruit and vegetable before I've even finished my morning coffee. And so is Emerson, which makes me feel like it's a mom win. I am obsessed with a chocolate and blueberry smoothie. It has organic blueberries, organic kale, organic spinach, organic maca, and organic cacao. Has that how you say it? Cacao. 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 And it's so easy. I just pop some almond milk in there or whatever type of sometimes I even do coconut water yeah throw it in the blender and throw it back in my cup and it is delicious and Bella likes it too and there's hidden vegetables in there she doesn't even know about and you can choose from more than 50 nourishing options for any type of day there's smoothies there's harvest bowl soups and more and each single serving cups takes one step to prepare like really you can just add water and milk to a smoothie or heat up a harvest bowl it is so easy and it's the most delicious way to live on food and vegetables first thing in the morning before bed or seriously anytime and right now you can go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code mommies to get three cups free in your first box that's promo code mommies for three free daily harvest cups at daily-harvest.com that's once again daily-harvest.com you guys, we want to tell you about this really cool cookie company called Bang Cookies, a luxe, all-natural, organic cookie company from New Jersey that was created to be an antidote to boring, unsatisfying cookies. Bang Cookie uses all organic ingredients sourced from local vendors, and they work tirelessly to make the best-tasting cookies ever ever. In fact, they spent years perfecting their signature sea salt chocolate chunk cookie, which is perfect for pregnancy cravings. Oh, and for Evan and Tanner and anyone else who can drink, Bang just launched a line of alcohol infused cookies. You should really order a box of Bang cookies for yourself and taste how good they are. You can even feel good about eating them because they use organic flour, and butter from the milk of grass-fed cows. Bang cookies have been written up in the New York Times and featured on the Today Show and CNBC. 
They ship nationally, but if you're a Mommy's Tell All listener in Hoboken, New Jersey area, Bang Cookies will deliver warm cookies to your door in about an hour. For the month of May 2019, go to bangcookies.com and use promo code MOMMIES for $10 off all your orders of six or more cookies. And shipping is free. All right, everybody. So we have Dr. Alexandra Sachs with us today. She is a maternal mental health psychiatrist and reproductive psychiatrist. And we're so excited to have you, Alexandra. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys and um, love your show. Thank you. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> I was telling Jane yeah. um, the other day, I know that you guys got to meet up and I was I was so jealous that she got a mommy session. You guys just had such interesting things to say. So it was, yes. really, it was really nice. Actually, I felt it felt so cathartic after I left. I was like, I feel so much better. That's so great. Even though what? I didn't I didn't go too deep either, but it just felt great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the power of these, you know, we we call them motherhood sessions on our podcast at Gimlet. It's like sitting down and just basically talking about what you're going through, describing it. It it doesn't even have to be your deepest, darkest secrets, but I think they're just the things that people feel are hard or maybe like not sort of pleasant or pretty to just to describe but so we think they're kind of like a big deal but they're really so universal so jade and i were just simply talking about her older daughter adjusting to um the new baby and just feeling both happy about the arrival of the new baby and sad about sort of the time alone with emmy and that is like so straightforward so common and yet i think it's Still, like it's still sort of surprising for people to discuss anything negative around um, a pregnancy or new parenting experience. It's just still so taboo. So I think that's what these stories are opening up for people. Like, yeah. wow, what I'm going through is actually quite common. It's not postpartum depression. It's part of the adjustment. It's, mm-hmm. These are complex transitions for all of us. And um, it was so wonderful, Jade, that you just kind of like shared what you were going through. And I think it resonated with so many people um, who are thinking about transitioning to bringing a new baby into the family. Thank you. Yeah, I it's funny because I felt good afterwards. And then the next day I had a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. I was like, whoa, I shared shared a lot with a lot of people. But uh, yeah. that's also why we do our podcast. We want to connect with women. And like you said, like there are things that are universal. We all may have a different experience with it, but we all have feelings that are difficult when we're moms. And so, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's like so interesting why, you know, I'm very interested in sort of what, what emotions we sort of share first on social media or TV or podcast, like, you know, I think people do talk quite personally about their joy and that's also vulnerable, you know, it's not just like and the difficulty is, is no, is really like, it's not more exposing. I just think it's less common and it's just like, it's just part of the mix of what we all feel every day. We're all feeling kind of, um, confusion or a little bit nervous, but, um, it's, it's kind of just as common and, and as relatable as celebration. Um, it just, I just think it's, it's like we have to 
and you guys are so wonderful in positions of influence and leadership, take just take a deep breath and do it more just so it becomes more commonplace. That's, that's a feeling as common and as relatable as a celebratory one. No, absolutely. I feel like if we're only sharing the joys, which is great and we should, and we should totally soak those in and we're putting pressure, especially in a social media age that we can't share the honest, um, I don't want to say like negative, but just like the difficult parts that, that we judge ourselves about. Like, I feel like we're already putting pressure on ourselves to be these perfect moms. And then if we're afraid to put it out on social media, like I feel this way, am I alone? And then people judge us then we feel even worse. So it Mm -hmm. is kind of this hard thing. But if nobody's talking about it, then it's just going to keep perpetuating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like I'm kind of curious about what you guys think that judgment is about because it's sort of like, I, I don't know. I feel like moms are under so much pressure, like you said, to be perfect. And I think, you know, there's one thing is sort of sharing it with your peers and your friends and other women and your partners. And it's a totally different thing to talk about it in front of children. So like, of course, you know, kids, kids need emotion to match where they are. And it's like, it's great to be with them and comforting them when they're upset. But otherwise, yes, to lead with positivity around kids always right but this is like separate this is just kind of how we talk amongst adults where we talk about the good and the bad yeah and I guess like why do people judge each other for describing the things in their lives that are hard you know I wonder if that's because there's there's so much it's like threatening if you think about what's hard in someone else's life then you might have to examine what's hard in your life and maybe we want to push those feelings away um like, where does it come from to judge another mom who's sort of maybe maybe feeling a little bit weepy about this? <laughs> like, that's not a flaw. It's just a feeling. Oh, yeah. So. I, definitely, I definitely think it's um, it's projection. If she feels yeah. this way, but I don't feel this way, does that make me a bad mom? You know? Yeah. And so yeah. it is almost like a threat. Like, it's almost like a... Because if we're a bad mom, then we feel like maybe that means, like, to them, it looks like I don't love my child. And so, so that's kind of like where it comes from. And then we get in this judgy, judgy, I guess, mind frame because we're really trying to protect our own selves. I I don't know. That's how I kind of interpret it because I've caught caught myself judging. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's spot on. And I think it's like, because there are so few quote, right answers to parenting, like we're all just figuring out as we go along. So you want to keep building your own confidence, which is like, okay, that choice was right for me. That choice was right for me. But before you know it, it's like that choice is the best one for everyone. And it's sort of like how people, I think, boost their own confidence about their own parenting style may come out in judging someone else's because you're like, why'd they do it that way? Maybe I should be doing it that mm-hmm. way is what the way I'm doing but yeah, Jade, what are the what are the moments like I'm curious if anything comes to mind where you it's it's interesting to say that you've caught yourself judging other people. Like, do you think it is related to the things where you're sort of like, hmm, do I do it the right way? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can't think of like specific instances, but I've definitely like yeah. judged a mom in public for sure, where yeah. I'm just like yeah. I don't even know. Like, I can't even think of anything right now. I have one. But, oh, Carly's got one. I, well, and I feel, I felt bad for doing this, but I was, I remember, I think maybe I talked to about this before, but I was in Walgreens one day and there was a mom and she was pushing a cart with, she had a 
like probably five month old in a car seat. And then her kid was running around. I'm guessing he was like probably two. And there were a bunch of like socks in a bin in the middle of Walgreens. And the kid was taking the socks and throwing them all over the floor. And I'm looking at this mom who isn't telling her kid to stop. And I kind of, you know, I... I kind of looked at him and then I looked at her like, are you going to say something? And then she looks yeah. at her kid and she says, you know that we don't, we don't throw like things in a store all over the floor. We have to pick them up. And he goes, and he just looks at his mom and then they just walked off and, th- and the kid didn't pick them up and the mom didn't yeah. pick them up. But then I kind of felt yeah. bad because I also didn't pick them up. But I was like, <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like, how should I be feeling right now? Because I don't, I remember thinking, I don't want to mom shame her right now at all. Right. Having, having those thoughts. But like, that wasn't, to me, the right way to teach a child, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just mm-hmm. having this really weird moment even within myself because I'm so anti-mom shaming. And I caught myself in that moment doing it. Yep. You know, and then I was yep. like, how would yep. I do that differently? You know, but also yep. she had this five month old baby sitting there. So she couldn't really leave the five month old sitting there to pick up the things. But then I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's so that's so empathic the way you saw it from like every angle. And I think what you thought, which is like maybe I could pick them up. It's kind of a lovely <laughs> impulse. Not not because we all have to go out uh, like cleaning up other other no. people's children. I'm feeling mess, guilty but... now, though. I should have done it. I should have. No, but I, <laughs> but I think you weren't sure. And who knows what you were rushing off to. But I think it's just like, I think when in doubt, offer support. Like yeah. when you're feeling the impulse to judge. And if, 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 unless you want to just walk by and not get involved, which is, which is always like an option, right? And right. like, we don't have to meddle, but if you're feeling a pull, I think to translate that pull, like, how can I ask this person how I can be of help? Because yeah. usually, like, usually when things are kind of going awry, in a family, it's like, who couldn't use a helping hand, you know? And maybe, so would maybe, the best you know, thing to do be like, hey, I can help him pick them up and then you help the kid? Or is that going too far? Like, or do you just wait till they walk off and you pick them up? Or like, what's oh, the... Oh, you mean like interjecting into their like, pre- right. like conversation? Right, that have been or, bad? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's any one right or wrong answer. I mean, I think there are people out there who would be like, never meddle in someone else's day. Like, yeah. don't, don't get him up. But I think, but I don't know. I feel like part of this sort of, speaking out and shame reducing is creating more community. Yeah. I think there are lots of different ways to do that. I think, you know, you guys talking about like a difficult moment is one way of creating community and normalizing. Mm-hmm. Another way is with someone face to face to just be like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, um, do you need a hand? I think just uh-huh. super, super light touch like that with mm-hmm. a mom, like any, anytime, you know, I, I live in New York City, so I sometimes see moms with strollers kind of dealing with the stairs on the subway. Oh. You know, that's like an easy one because, you totally. know, they physically need a hand. But someone might be like, oh, would they think like, I, would they find it strange that I'm offering to carry their baby? Like, that's, what if they think I'm, I'm you know, going to be dangerous? But like, right. it's just, it's always, you can, the person can always say no. But mm-hmm. just to sort of uh, give everybody the benefit of the doubt and say, do you need any help? Can I, can I give you a hand? And they, they can always say, no, I got this. 
and then you can walk away. But it's simply just saying like we ha- we can make more community in our culture, mm-hmm. and it can it can be positive community. And like let's see, let's see if if I'm gonna spend the time sitting and watching another family, then maybe I have the time to just offer yeah um, to be to be a supportive resource or. Or, like, it's also okay to observe and do nothing because it might just be an opportunity for you to be brainstorming what kind of a parent you Mm want to be. Mm -hmm. And that's also fine to be like, you know, I think it's really important. Like, when I see other families dealing with it this way, it shows me that I want to deal with it that way. And, you know, that's also an opportunity to just grow and reflect. Um, and collect data in your own mind. And it may not be necessary or even appropriate to like get involved with someone else's family while you're just kind of learning about yourself and observation, you know? So there's so many different ways to handle it. And I think the only rule is um, to, to that we should try to try to do our best to not put down each other you know so I think I think the 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 mom who's like I can't believe you are bringing your child out without a hat or I can't believe you're letting your kid act that way in Walgreens like that's the only thing you really shouldn't do because you know that's that's just like there's no way that's not gonna make someone feel bad right Um, I have a question um what about the women or or moms out there who are dealing with judgment from family members because that's like a whole nother level it is yep 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 so I was just um running a group yesterday and um I also talk to people about this stuff all the time for my podcast where this came up where it was a woman was describing that she had was had a birthday a birthday party for her son and there was her family was there, her um, her sister and her kids and her mom and her brother and his wife and their kids. And this woman and her sister both work outside the home and the brother's wife doesn't. And so in this moment of it was like a toddler's like a three year old's birthday party. So the kids were getting a little bit wild or there was fighting over Legos or something <laughs> that would happen at, of course. you know, something something would happen at any three year old's birthday party. But this this mom felt that her sister-in-law was saying, you know, like that would never happen at our birthday party Ooh. because her, her implication is like, because she has more time as a stay at home mom to plan the parties and to like teach discipline and behavior, her kids are better behaved. So she was like, Whoa, you know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Because that's the vibe I get. And it was a really interesting question. And the first thing I asked her was, well, how, are you sure? that she's communicating that directly to you because maybe this is part of your projection you know I think I think in terms of the moms working in the home versus moms working outside of the home thing I hear from women on both sides that they feel insecure Um, and so maybe a mom who works outside of the home is having seeing a moment of chaos at her child's birthday party and is like oh, that other mom is judging me because she's a stay-at-home mom and she thinks that I don't put in enough time to sort of teach my kids good behavior. But maybe the mom who doesn't work outside the home is like, I think those other women are judging me because I don't have a career. And so I want to talk about, you know, my my, all I've learned in terms of parenting approaches and discipline because I want to feel good about myself in this birthday party with other career women because I feel like less valuable Mm -hmm. because I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like, I think... So often these these judging each other moments are based on people trying to speak up and build themselves up. So whether it's 
a stranger in Walmart or whether it's your sister-in-law, I think if someone is saying something or giving you a look that makes you feel judged, I think to ask yourself, if they're bringing that negativity into the room, they're probably feeling negative about themselves. 100%. Or yeah, or is there some, or is this something that I'm feeling negative about myself or a worry or a question and I'm like seeing it in the look on their face, but maybe that's coming from my insecurity. And, you know, I think you can always like ask questions of people, you know, just like, just like you can ask in Walmart, how can I be of help? You can always like ask someone, you know, is there, is there something you're thinking that you would offer as a suggestion to me? Like, or am I, am I reading into it? Like you can always ask another mom what they're thinking. But That's so I, healthy. I think this, <laughs> lead with the affirmative. Like, um, is there something in your mind that, that, that you wanted to share? Like, what, or is it just me? I mean, that always gives someone the opportunity to cl- like clarify miscommunication or, or to say like, yeah, I was thinking maybe like if you put the Legos, like if everybody got a pile of the same size, that would help. Like, and it might be, it might be a great suggestion. You might be like, Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. You know? But I think it's just like a, giving each other the benefit of the doubt and leading with positivity, even when someone is maybe bringing negative negativity into the room to be like, oh, were you trying to be helpful? <laughs> you know, like turn it around to the positive. Um, and I think it's all about creating supportive community. And when you lead with the positive, you're going to get a positive feedback loop from your friends, from your family members. Because I really do think women, at the end of the day, want to support each other. They don't want to tear each other down. Right. I mean, that's we all talk about it, how we all like mom supporting moms. It's kind of like this trend in a community. It's kind of a movement that's out there. But yet we all still judge each other. <laughs> it's Yeah. And. And I think we do it to other people when we don't even realize it. Totally. Yeah. I guess that's what's great about mine and Carly's relationship is we parent not like crazily, like huge differences or whatever, but we parent differently. Yeah. And our experiences have been pretty different. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we, we are, we're lucky that we have each other because her and I can sit down and have conversations and hear each other out. And there's really, and there's really no judgment. And I I feel very, very lucky to have that actually. Yeah. That's so wonderful. And that's such a good model um, for people. And, you know, I, I like to make analogies like um, food diet is one of them. So like you, you all know groups of friends where like someone's a vegetarian and someone's like not or or, or someone's um, off alcohol and someone's going to have a glass of wine. Um, And it's, it's, or someone's gluten-free and someone's not. It's like to sit at a table with someone who's ordering food differently. You both want to share a meal together and order and, and enjoy each other's company. It's, we, we understand that we don't have to eat the same in order to respect each other, know that that, that person's making the right choices for them. You know, same with relationships. Like some people marry their high school sweethearts. Some people are on their second marriage and doing great because that was ultimately what was right for them. Um, and so, like, those are moments in our culture where, yeah, people do judge each other around food, around relationships. But I still think parenting remains the much more fragile place where when you see someone else doing it differently, it's your first thought is often not like, oh, you know, different strokes for different folks, which is like how we 
all live our lives. We're all different humans, biologically, culturally, psychologically. There's no reason we should all be eating the same, having relationships that look exactly the same. But the same is true for parenting. All of our children are different. Our family constellations are different. And our personalities of what feels right to us are different. Um, it, 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 diversity is a good thing, you know. So I guess that's, that's, it's wonderful that you guys can celebrate that in your friendship. Yeah, I also I just think ugh, if we were all the same, that would be so boring. <laughs> would it? Would it? You know, even like um, one of my uh, friends, Heather, the other day texted me. My, my friend Heather is very like outspoken about lots of things. But that's one thing I love about her because she's so passionate and she gets on all these like, you know, arguments about all of these different things on like Facebook with all these people. And she sent me a message and she said, I hope that you are never offended by um, anything that I say when it comes to like vaccines. And I was like, Heather, uh-huh. one thing I love about you is how passionate you are about things. And I love how different we are. I was like, I would never be offended yep. by anything you say. I was like, I love you for being exactly who you are. And she was like, thank right. you so much for saying that. And But it was right. also like a beautiful thing for her to come to me and be like, hey, I know we think so differently about topics. But I don't want it to affect our friendship. It won't, right? I just, yeah. yeah. And Jade, you know, Jade is like the warrior who goes through birth with no drugs. And I'm like, give me the drugs. Give me the drugs. And she (laughs) breastfeeds forever. And I breastfeed for like a couple months and I'm done. And we both like are so supportive of both of those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one trick for this is is just called speaking from the eye it's it's like a really Ooh. simple tool good in your rela- romantic relationships too but it's, it's good with friends um and it's just it's basically saying what you need so i feel this way about what i want with um medication or not in my birth uh, this is my approach to breastfeeding like i think with sleep um this really works well and so to be really, really sensitive when you're talking about your own choices, to remember to use the word I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so I, true. You know, and um, this is true in, in relationships, too. Like, let's say you're talking to your partner about, well, like Jade and I talked about, like, I am feeling a little weepy around this second pregnancy, even though, even though, of course, we want this baby. Like, for me, it feels also sad mm-hmm. about ending that time with Emmy. And so... That might be different from how her husband feels, but if she's really careful to speak from the eye, then he's not hearing her say, this is the right way to feel. You're wrong because you don't feel that way. You know, just like, I like to be vegan. I am gluten-free. Just, it it, it has nothing, when you talk about yourself and speak from the eye, you're actually not talking about anyone else. And so it's up to all of us that when, when other people are speaking from the eye to not make it about us, Right. It's like they're not talking about yeah. us. They're talking mm-hmm. about themselves, you know, and, and and when we're speaking about our own choices, we have to be responsible to speak from the eye. And that's it. I think that keeps things that keeps things like really clear. But um, but you have to be careful to not slip into this more universal language um, or saying, you know, getting into the you. Um, you got to You got to keep those boundaries of respect up for other people, too. Yeah, maybe that's what works for us because we both kind of share our own stories with each other. And it's uh-huh. always like, your turn, not yeah, my turn. And totally. we're never like, ju- like, I don't know. It's kind of like the I perspective. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, don't and know. but you need either. to walk in feeling very solid. Yeah, <laughs> you need to have good self-esteem to speak from the eye. You know, it's like you have to feel okay being different from others if you're going to speak from the eye because it might not be someone you're you're the person you're talking to. You might not agree. They might love you, but they might not agree. You know, so you have to kind of work on your self-esteem. I think if you're having trouble speaking from the eye, um, and you know, I think that's. That's great that you guys are like well, such a great model. Maybe I have self-esteem with Carly, but not all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I right. feel that with you. I don't really have it in life, but I have it with you. Yeah. You're my, <laughs> we're kind of like each other's safe place, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was what I was actually just thinking. I was like, what's a good advice for people who would say they struggle with self-esteem? And I would say, talk about the stuff around people who make you feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you don't, you don't have to talk about this stuff. Like if, you know, who doesn't feel anxious and vulnerable around parenting decisions? So don't talk about it around the people who make you feel judged. You know, if your sister-in-law, it just always puts your, gives you goosebumps just because it's just kind of the nature of that relationship, then you can change the topic. You can talk about more neutral things and talk about the things that make you feel more sensitive around people who just are the most accepting people in your life. Um, so you feel good around, you know, and it, it, it's not going to be everybody. Yeah. Nope. I guess that's, yeah, you got to take that too. Not everybody is going to make you feel validated and that's okay too. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And just like, you know, we have certain, you know, people say there's that expression about like, oh, don't talk about money, politics or religion at a dinner party or something. You know, it's like, it's basically, I think just to remember that keeping your boundaries is always a safe option that if you feel emotional about something you don't have to be public with it you can just keep it private and share it with the people who are like your real tlc people until you feel a little bit stronger Mm -hmm. but to wait to wait and share things until you can do it from the eye um because if you're feeling too fragile and you need validation then maybe you first need to go to your friends who really just always boost you up and always make you feel like you know the response from that is going to be gentle um it's always okay to change the topic from parenting conversation <laughs> like if you just don't feel like you can handle it yeah um because they just get emotional right they're kind of like you're talking about your own children but you're also talking about your own emotional history right every parenting conversation is sort of a conversation about the family you come from and that's where these things can actually just go really deep, really fast. And that's really what I've been learning from my conversations with women on the podcast. It's sort of like whatever we're talking about, whether it's parenting after divorce or do you want to have a second child or a fertility story or a breastfeeding story or a back to work story. There's a lot of the a lot of the sort of inner layers of the feeling have to do with like, well, when I grow up, I thought this when I when I grew up. I thought this Mm. or saw this from my mom or promised myself that when I had my family, I wanted to do this differently from what I saw with my siblings. And so I think to just know that if you're feeling super tender and vulnerable, it probably is touching on something from your childhood experience because that's our first family story, right? Like before you're a mom, you're a child in a family and that's our first place we learn and develop these kind of more tender sensitive um, reactions to things because we're remembering what it's like to sort of see them from the other angle as children. 
Um, so it's always okay to just take a step back and be like, nope, I don't want to talk about this right now because some of this stuff can just be more connected to your private feeling. Yeah, no, um, I always use a word, especially with Tanner, like if something like that's happening, I use the word trigger. That think, that's I think that's exactly yeah. what Evan says. Really? I'm very triggered right now, Carly. But it is. It's And that's yeah. when you kind of can notice, oh, it's something deeper. Totally. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I think trigger, um, I think just pushing a button, like we all are made of sort of like a quilt of different memories and some of them are just armor tender patches, right? And you never know when you're going to touch upon someone's button, like something for you that's sort of an interesting topic of debate or I read this article today might for someone else be super, super sensitive because of their history. And they might not even know that they're feeling sensitive for that reason, but it's just like you're speaking from the eye whenever you sort of unintentionally press upon someone else's sensitivity button to just say like, okay, you know, to just take it as information and sort of take a step back and go back to your eye. Um, Cause yeah. we all like, that's, that's part of what is so beautiful about human relationships. We all have different stories. Um, but that's what makes things sort of interesting and also complicated. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's a lot of layers. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of layers. I was thinking about um, what you said about uh, how people don't always say or like you, you think that they're thinking something, but they don't, they're not actually thinking that because Evan and yeah. I go to therapy and the other day I he said something like, I was like, well, Evan said this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that is not what I meant at all. That makes me yep. so sad that you thought that that's yep. what I meant. And I was like, you didn't mean it like that? And he's like, yep. no. And um, I just think it it's so, it, you know, it pulls over into our friendships and, and things. But it's so, it's also so strong, you know, in our relationships. And I also, yeah. it's, you know, having a baby is so hard when... You, you have this relationship with this man and they don't understand because they they didn't grow it. They didn't it didn't come out of their vagina. <laughs> you know, they 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 don't understand the uh, emotions that women go through because of the hormones and the, all of this. How would what would you say is the best like advice um, for new parents when a woman like feels, you know, very alone and doesn't. And the guy just doesn't really understand because he's not a woman. Like, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do. And I think there are all different sorts of reasons why people don't understand. I think some of them are related to the, the sort of basics of the physiology and the hormones and the physical experience. But just like you were talking about different female friendships between different mothers, you know, sometimes you've gone, you both delivered a baby and yet you still don't understand. That's very true. Because even within pregnancies, they're so different physiologically, physically, you know, um, some people need to have a C-section for some anatomical reason. The other person wouldn't just because their body is put together a different way. So it's like it's like there are all different reasons why we we can feel isolated in our friendships with other mothers or in our relationships with our spouses or other partners or our own parents even, you know, like going back to this woman yesterday who who was feeling upset about her sister-in-law at the birthday party. She also felt like her mom and her sister-in-law had this bond because her mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so it's like, there's so many different constellations of how we feel misunderstood. My first advice 
is always about self-care because mm-hmm. I think I think that so often these kinds of irritability moments where we where we feel more isolated or where we assume that someone is judging us when maybe they're not where we're, we're just kind of like our guard is up mm-hmm. I think that so often in new motherhood is related to physical and emotional depletion mm-hmm. because yeah. you know it, it's just it's just kind of everybody knows that when you're sleep deprived, you're more emotionally sensitive. When you haven't sort of done the things you need, you need to take care of yourself, whether it's exercise, go to the dentist, get a haircut, um, have a moment by yourself to check your email. When you're feeling like there are just things that you're so behind on to just enhance or regulate your own basic wellness, it's very hard to be open-minded to other people. So when other people, it's kind of, it requires a sort of emotional durability and kind of calm in order to hear other people and not take things personally. Yeah, that's true. But, but when you're walking around with that empty cup, whether because you're exhausted or because you're just, you've been taking care of others so much and not taking care of yourself, it's very hard to have that generosity with someone else and be like, where are they coming from? What are they thinking? Maybe they didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, that requires, you kind of, you can only do that if your cup is full and yeah. you're kind of empty. So it's kind of like you can't really interact with someone else if you're feeling super depleted. And so the first question when you're having a mis- a feeling misunderstood is feeling alone is to say, like, how can I reconnect with myself? Mm. Um, what do I need to do physically, emotionally, socially, intellectually, cleaning up my finances, figuring out stuff with my career? Like, what are the areas of my life that I haven't been taken care of for myself? And how do I sort of carve out space for that first? Then once I'm feeling a little bit more put together, then I can maybe look, look at my relationship and just do the work that's required to speak from the eye to say, like, Listen, in in my experience, just like, again, I mean, I keep going back to Jade just because we had that conversation, but it was like, if it's a difference between you and your partner, it's like, I, I'm, I'm pregnant, I'm feeling all these things, I'm feeling weepy, maybe it's my hormones. Um, that's what, that's what I'm going through. You know, I don't, I don't know if you understand, maybe it's because these are my hormones and not your hormones, you know, mm-hmm. and I think to just tell your partner how you feel speaking from the eye and to do your best to ask them for what you need. I think another really important tip is to set up your partner to succeed. So what that, what I mean by that is to, is to figure out what you need from them in order to feel better. That's so much more productive than just telling them what they're doing wrong. You have to tell them how to do it right. (laughs) Right. Which I, I will admit I have definitely been guilty of. And also like with the self-care thing too, I feel like sometimes as moms, because I've been guilty of this too, it's almost like a martyrdom. Totally. So I, I almost feel like I have to put myself aside because, because this baby needs everything from me. And it, and, but then I almost live in this, like, I don't know if martyrdom is a word, but like I live like in this martyr mentality and then and then my husband can definitely sense it and so then he feels like oh god I can't even talk to her right now because if I if I say anything she's gonna come at me with like look at all I'm doing you know so it's kind of like this it's hard to get out of that as a new mom too I feel like 
It is. And then I think I think people really struggle with feeling guilty when they step away from their babies to focus on things for themselves. And I think the hardest things are the things that feel like not like they're not necessities. You know, people people will say I can leave my child to go to work, but not to go to the gym. And I'm just like, uh, you know, wait, just because you had a baby, your physical health is no longer important. I mean, you need to exercise to maintain your physical health. And that's important to decompress, to have physical energy, to care for your child, to be a model for your children that that physical health is important. You want them to be healthy. I mean, it's just not optional. It's not like once you have a baby, you stop having needs. You, you, we, the, the, we as human beings will start to break down if we stop taking care of ourselves. Yeah. yeah and you don't, and, get a, you don't get a gold star if you're sacrificing everything. You know, like, yeah. I feel like that's what I would tell myself is like, I'm putting so much sacri- I'm sacrificing so much. I get a gold star. Like, no, like <laughs> take care of yourself. That's even better. Like, what wall does right. that gold star go on? I don't know. My, my own mental, <laughs> my mental Yeah, chart. I think also like no, as new moms, you try to do like everything you try to do everything yourself and it's so hard to ask for help because you feel like as a new mom, you should be able to do it all. And it's such a vulnerability to be like, hey, I really need help right now. Like that. Yeah. It's so it's just such a hard thing to even ask because you I don't know. Like, as I remember at the very beginning, I was like, I can do it all. I can do it all. And then I was like, no, I can't. I'm losing it. <laughs> You know, right, right. Well, I think people assume that asking for help is a sign of weakness because I right. think people people feel again. I think this goes back to your own childhood history. I think you know, you everybody, whether or not it's a planned pregnancy or not. I mean, people have all sorts of feelings about motherhood, but no one wants to be a quote bad mother. And I think right. that's because we all have sort of fears and and wounds from moments in our childhood no matter how beautiful our childhood was moments were sort of our needs weren't met and so you never want your child to feel bad you never want your child to feel like they're not getting from you what they need but totally have to get help from other people it doesn't have to always come from you that your baby is getting you know cuddling and attention it can come from other people and it has to because you have to step away and take care of yourself enough in order to keep having emotions to generously give to your child and to give to your your friends and your family members and particularly your partner you know I think this whole expression of being touched out have Mm -hmm. you guys heard that oh yes it's this thing that people talk about when they're kind of trying to describe all the factors that lead to um, people having less sex in new parenthood and of course there's physical recovery there's hormones but I think this thing called being touched out it speaks to I think when you're holding a baby all day or breastfeeding or people kind of tugging at you I need I need I need I think it's when your partner comes to you and wants to be romantic and you experience that as them needing something from you like what if they're just wanting to give to you what if they're wanting to share and make you feel good rather than asking you to take care of them? And I think touched out is usually a sign that you haven't been taking enough time to take care of yourself because you need time away from taking care of kids to take care of yourself. If you're going to have any bandwidth left to also just share and be romantic with your partner. So I think it's so much of it goes back to self-care. It's really, really important for healthy balance in parenting and in marriage once parenting begins. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I Like you said, it's I always have to tell myself this, and I talk about it on my Instagram a lot too, but it's just 
you can't give from an empty cup. And so you have to right. fill yourself back up. And in, do, in, in doing that, you are actually enriching your child's life. And that's something oh, yeah. I have to remind myself of because I'm definitely guilty of that. I would like <laughs> to ask you a question too about um, kind of on the other side, because we've been talking a lot about new moms, but what about advice for moms who have dealt with miscarriage or infertility? Yeah, yeah. So um, we talk about this in the book and I talk about this a lot on my podcast. You know, I was just talking to a woman who, who's, um, I think we're going to, her, her story is coming out in two weeks on motherhood sessions. She had such a hard time getting pregnant with her first and had gone through several miscarriages and had a really tough round with IVF and, you know, is, has a four-year-old who's wonderful, but now she's, her, her partner, um, wants to have a second child. And she's just like, I don't know if I can go through it again. It was so grueling the first round. So, I mean, it's just, it's so much more common than I think people discuss. Miscarriage is extremely common, fertility issues as well. And I think to just know that it's not a failure, it's not your fault. These are biologic events. You know, so much about pregnancy and parenting, by the way, is out of our control. And I think that's, like we want to make a plan. We want to say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to have my first and my second are going to be spaced out. Da, 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 da. Like, no, this is this is biology, okay? Or or it's like an adoption waiting list. You know, sometimes it's not biology, but whatever it is, it's it's not going to be fully under under your control. Um, so many of these factors are just happening on a cellular level, and so it's not what you're doing wrong. That is the reason things aren't going according to plan. It's just that these are very, very complicated things that involve so many factors that you can't control. And so to just be kind to yourself, to know that it's it's not your fault, um, and to know that you really can do whatever makes you feel better. Sometimes that's talking to other people and telling them what happened. Sometimes it's keeping things perfectly private because that's better for you and your boundaries. But to know that lots of people who don't talk about it have gone through miscarriage and fertility issues and you're not alone. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, I personally went through a miscarriage um, four years ago and I just recently came out with it and I'm just now dealing with all the emotions. But since I did start talking about it, I've had so many women reach out to me and it's just crazy. I mean, it's, it's sad that's so common, but it, it has helped me heal and just connecting with other women because I'm like, wow, you, you had a really similar experience to me or you had a very different experience than me, but it's just, it kind of, like you were talking about earlier, just the community part, I think has been really great for me. Yes. And I think that just goes back to other people's buttons. Like you just never know. You never know what someone else has been through. So when you're celebrating, you know, having a baby shower or, or celebrating your new baby, you never know who you're, who you're talking to has, is maybe going through a miscarriage that day. Like you just never know. And I think what's really special is when you've been on both sides of it, right? Maybe had a miscarriage and are in a, a really joyful moment of, of celebrating a new baby. You really can empathize with, with the other person's experience. And that's why it always comes back to speaking from the eye because it's just, it's like it, 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 people can say, I'm having a hard time, you know, 
celebrating this because I'm still feeling sad about my own miscarriage. And that's just them talking about what they're going through. They're, they're, they're not saying you're doing anything wrong by announcing your pregnancy. They're just, they're talking about what's in their heart that day. So I think there's, there's, there's enough to go around for us all to support each other because I also think so many of us have had these experiences from different angles at different times. You know, life is a combination of celebration and hardship. And so when you're in, when you're on one side, just remember there'll be another day where you're on the other. And we just keep creating community and, and supporting each other and respecting people's boundaries. is really important too. Yeah. Um, that's, I do want to talk about your book because I do feel like everything you've said uh, is included in your book. I I did. Yes. I told you I listened to it on audiobook and I loved it. I just feel like it's such Yay. a resource. Yeah, for new yes. moms out there or pregnant women. And so yeah. I, your book is named "What No One Tells You." So I'm just curious, why did you name your book that? And what is it that you feel swept under the rug and not discussed enough? Yeah. So this book, which I co-authored with a, another wonderful reproductive psychiatrist, Dr. Berndorf, it's really about all of the questions that women have come to us with in our combined 30 years of working with women who are going through um, different emotional transitions around imagining motherhood, fertility stories, dealing with miscarriage, being pregnant, the first year of parenting. It's really just kind of a a chronological compilation of the most common things that people come to us and tell us behind closed doors in our offices as psychiatrists. But we've noticed it's much less common that people talk about openly in public. So what no one tells you, just like we were just talking about, is miscarriage is quite common. Um, What no one tells you is that um, sometimes you won't want to breastfeed. You know, it's it's, uh, uh, someone who has wonderful intentions. It just may not be the right choice for them. Um, what no one tells you is that sometimes your friends aren't able to support you because they're dealing with their own kind of baggage or their own history, um, that it can be really scary to wait for genetic screening results, um, that birth can be a beautiful experience or it can go totally in another direction. And, and that's often highly out of your control, no matter how much you plan, um, so all of these aspects of, I think, people, the things that, I think, number one, what no one tells you is so much of this is going to be out of your control. Yeah. Number one, what, what no one tells you is that even though having a child is like one of life's most beautiful experiences, it's also complex. And emotions like ambivalence or feeling alone or even feeling sad in moments when you're also feeling happy are absolutely common and that we need to talk more about these things because everyone is feeling them no no one is 100 percent happy all the time that's just that's just not how people are put together psychologically you know and that this is a major life transition that's hormonal that's physical that's identity and change is hard you know yeah. even if it's a welcome beautiful change change is hard we know that with moving into a new home you can be so happy that you have a beautiful new house but it's really hard to figure out where to put everything and and just like get things in order and having a child is like not only a new house it's like new house new people in it new new a new new body while you're walking around the house it's everything in your life is being kind of shifting in this in this kaleidoscope so 
it's the book is really a guide to what to expect emotionally when you're expecting. And so it begins with the first trimester and it goes all the way through the end of your first year of parenting. And it's just the most common things that people have come to us asking questions about that have been complex along the way, um, chronologically giving a guide to the wide range of natural normal things that people go through. And there's also one chapter on postpartum depression, but the majority of the book is not about postpartum depression. It's just about the wide range of complex experiences that people have. And there's so much out there that's about how your body changes or how to prepare for the baby and parenting guides. This is a guide Mm -hmm. for you. This is a guide for you and your head and your heart. And, you know, it's just, it hasn't really been put out there by experts. So we're really excited that to hear um, responses from people. And um, I hope to get feedback about like what, what people think we should add or change or, you know, and, and um, I welcome people to come find me on Alexandra Sachs MD um, on Instagram or um, on, at my website to, to just give me feedback, send me comments. I love to learn from every mom's story. So the book is really just a beginning platform for a conversation to keep building on and adding to what no one tells you. And, yeah. and what did you what did you learn and what did you wish someone told you um, and to, for us to keep continuing and expanding the conversation? Yeah, well, I appreciate I mean, I when I got your book and I started reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, why was this not created sooner? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so thank you so much for actually being an advocate for for women and moms because this book I it's a really good resource and um I feel like every every pregnant woman should read it yeah my pleasure I really I really am hoping that it's helpful and it's so it's so wonderful to hear from people that it is a useful resource so I'm really hoping that we can keep you know both having postpartum depression advocacy, but also keep talking about the wide range of natural transition that has nothing to do with mental illness. That's really just about human development and human psychology. That's really what the bulk of the book is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad that it's feeling useful to you. And um, I love to keep learning, learning from women about what they're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone also needs to check out your podcast, Motherhood Sessions, because it is just, it's just so insightful about so many women and their struggles and their strengths. It's necessary to listen to. Yeah, I mean, it's real <laughs> women to sharing their right. stories. It's really raw. Like, right. When I listened, I was yeah. like, whoa, this is raw. And yeah, it, ta- it also takes a very good podcast host to get to the rawness <laughs> of people, <laughs> I must say. Thank you. And I think the book and the podcast are really different. The book offers practical advice and information, and it's a really helpful guidebook for anyone who's pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant or is a mom in the first year, the early years of parenting. The podcast is a place to just go and feel less alone. You're hearing other women's stories. And I think what the feedback I'm getting is that so many people are saying, wow, I can't believe that what that person's saying, you know, it could have come out of my own mouth. Like I've been having a lot of those same emotions. And so the podcast is, is motherhood sessions at Gimlet media. And um, the book is what no one tells you. And I'm hoping that they're helpful um, in all different ways for all different people. Um, And I'd love to hear from, from moms out there about what you think. Um, and how to keep using these resources to be even more helpful and supportive to women. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alexandra, for um, sharing with us today. I know our listeners are going to love this episode. I do want to let you leave your Instagram again, just so for anyone who's out there who's wanting to connect with you can find you. Yes. Please come find me at Alexandra Sachs MD. I'm on Instagram. I host a supportive community for women and moms and share, try to share something every day that's either educational or inclusive and encourage people to share comments and questions. And um, I'll write back. And oftentimes people want me to share those responses with the whole group because we're all kind of learning and supporting together um, to use social media for social good. So please come find me there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so Yay. much for all you do. <laughs> we appreciate thank you. you. Guys. Yeah. And to you, and to you, thank you for having me on your show and for, and for being such one, wonderful advocates for, for sharing and talking about all the good stuff and all the hard stuff, too. And now, another installment of Jaden Carly Pay for Emmy and Bella's College Education. You guys, spring is here. The best part, the weather starts to get clear and we can finally get outside and have fun. The worst part is cleaning it all up. Whether it's a trail of muddy kids' footprints or a pile of dishes after your first meal outside, nothing cleans my house better than the spring scents from Grove. Grove makes it healthier home products, accessible and affordable, and over half a million families shop grove.co for non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, and tree-free bath tissue. Grove makes it easy to find the best natural, eco-friendly products online and delivers them straight to your door so you can make better choices for your family with just one click. And everything available at Grove is healthier for you and the planet, and it really works. Grove delivers natural brands you love like Miss Meyers, Seventh Generation, Burt's Bees, and Grove straight to your doorstep. I recently got this dish soap that's lavender and thyme. It's actually Grove's own dish soap, and it I got these really beautiful um, pumps that come with it that are glass and gorgeous that look so pretty next to my sink, and I'm obsessed with them. The dish soap is so good. I got one of the hand soaps as well, and it smells amazing. And right now, you can get this exclusive Miss Myers offer from Grove. Before it runs out, you can select your favorite spring scents like peony, lilac, or mint, and new customers will get a free cleaning set in these limited edition scents when you place your first order of $20. Free Mrs. Meyers Spring Hand Soap, Free Mrs. Meyers Spring Dish Soap, Free Mrs. Meyers Spring Multi-Surface Spray, and Grove Collaborative Cleaning Caddy, and Grove Collaborative Walnut Scrubber Sponge. Try Grove now before this exclusive offer runs out. For a limited time, our listeners get a three-piece cleaning set from Miss Meyers Spring Scent a free 60-day VIP membership and surprise bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more. Check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co slash mommies. That's grove.co, not com, slash mommies, grove.co, not com, slash mommies. What great advice Alexander gave us, Jane. I mean, on, on all levels... Of mental health. She just covered like just such a wide spectrum of everything. Yeah, I feel like she tried to answer those questions in a broad spectrum for everybody who mm-hmm. out, who's out there listening. And um, I encourage you guys to go follow her on Instagram because a lot of her stuff really resonates with me. 
And if you have any sort of like specific questions, I would definitely go on there. And I'm sure she would be open to answering. She's so great. And so definitely check her out because your mental health matters. And I think that's the important part of what we're trying to get across here is your mental, my mental health matters, your mental health matters. And uh, if you need help, seek it. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to finish off reading another part of this article because it's so good. And then we'll get to the affirmation of the week. But it says, I think there is a particular shame that is often felt by moms when it comes to mental health and it often manifests itself in guilt. We don't like to say we can't cope with our children. We don't want people to think we are bad parents. We don't want our children to see us struggling. We want to be everything to everyone, but there is no shame. If you were suffering from a visible illness or a physical condition, there would be no embarrassment and no worrying about asking for help. The same should be felt about mental illness and the people around. These moms should be making them feel that way. We have to talk about it. We have to be brave and tell people to normalize it and to help those people that really don't get it to understand. We have to make it easier for moms to go to their GP and ask for help. We have to stop the loneliness and isolation that comes with not being able to talk about it. So I guess it's just kind of like if you feel like you're one of these women that is a part of this statistic, just know your mental health matters. That's all I really, I guess, want to say. And and seek help. There's no shame in seeking help. I love, I love help. Yeah, and... I wanted to say that I know Alexandra said that her book doesn't really address postpartum depression. There's only like one chapter on it. But if you are one of those women out there who feels like, do I have postpartum depression? Something just feels off. Something feels just not quite right about how I am feeling inside. Know that you aren't alone and there is help out there. And don't be afraid to just reach out to somebody. Absolutely. Our affirmation this week goes along with um, mental health. I think one thing that helps me when I'm feeling all sorts of of emotions is um, just knowing that if I give myself a little bit of self-love that, you know, maybe it'll help for five minutes, maybe it'll help for a few days, but it does help. It's just, I think the step to self-love sometimes is hard to get there. It's like going to the gym putting on the shoes and getting in the car to go is the hard part and then you get there and you're kind of okay you know that's the hard part it has to be intentional I feel we have to make ourselves a priority and that is one thing we don't do as moms as easily and so just setting aside five minutes to check in with yourself I do that totally I do that almost every night when I get into bed and it really helps. I talk to myself and I tell myself, okay, everything that happened today, I'm going to breathe through it and I need to let it go. Yeah. And that's something that gets me it's through. So, hard. so yeah. we do have to be intentional. So this is seven things to remember for epic self-love. Number one, you are only human and humans are not perfect. Number two, everyone makes mistakes and it's okay if you do too. Number three, you are totally unique and no one can judge what you have been through. Number four, you are worthy of love. Number five, perfection and having no flaws equals boring. Number six, <laughs> you should be proud of yourself for simply riding this roller coaster of life. And number seven, comparing yourself to others is useless. I think. If I could read those things every day to myself, I think I'd be in a better mental place, actually. 
I feel like I need to put those on like the back of my phone. <laughs> oh I'm, yeah. Just every day, something I hold every day right there. Boom. Cause I mean, really like lots of these are about like perfection and not judging yourself. And that is, I think something that most of us do all day, every day. And we shouldn't. And honestly, I've never, ever wanted to be boring. And they're right. Having no flaws is boring. Flaws are beautiful. And they make us unique. And I love being unique. (laughs) And you should too. (laughs) That's really beautiful, actually. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We will be back with you next week. Actually, Jade will be in Italy. Jealous much. (laughs) I know. I'm actually really (laughs) excited, but we're traveling with Emerson. So please keep me in your thoughts. (laughs) Um, So Evan and I will be taking over the podcast next week. And we have some interesting things to talk about. So be sure to tune in. You know, when Evan's on, there's always going to be something weird and interesting he has to say. I'm intrigued to tune in. I'm like, I need to listen to this. I want to know what you guys say. Yeah. I mean, everyone should tune in because we have some, we have some uh, interesting things up our sleeves, but thank you so much for listening. And we will, we will get back to you next week. Bye guys. Bye. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.